When you try to set your line up, but you don't know what to do. You can't make your mind up, need someone to turn to. We've got your back, we've got the stats, we'll help you block out all the haters. For fantasy football help, call 25 yards later. Welcome in to another episode of the 25 Yards Later Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Nick Luciano. And I'm Elijah Motika. You can follow the show on Twitter at 25YLFF. And Elijah, we have made it. It is playoffs time. It sure is. And uh, we made it in most of our leagues into the playoffs. Yes, um, I made it in all four. Um, no buys in any of them. Um, I actually finished 10 and four without a buy in two leagues. Um, I choked in the last week um, in the sleeper league um, to miss out on a buy by points tiebreakers oh, <laughs> after no. being in first place and in with the most points the entire year. Um, I was passed mm. at the last minute. Um, good for by, that by two teams actually. Um, so yeah, 14 points away from a buy. <laughs> uh, that is, so um, yes. And then, um, not quite as close in the league I'm in with James Co. Um, there, someone finished twelve and two. Another person finished eleven and three. I finished ten and four. So, um, yeah, that was unfortunate. I did finish this week with the most points in the league on the week, though, which was nice. Um, and have I think solid playoff chances pretty much everywhere. So, um how uh you made it in two of three leagues yeah two of three uh leagues i just had kind of a disaster in one league where i uh i didn't finish off so hot finished six and eight in ninth place in that one but i did win uh this past week by 0.2 points uh so that was pretty fun to ruin the standings of a playoff team they still made it in the playoffs they just have a much worse route now um but yeah i i sort of in our league record i sort of backed into the playoffs um scoring what was it that i scored last week it was like uh let's see here weren't you almost in line for a buy and then all <laughs> yeah i was week. almost in line for a buy and then i had two straight crumblings uh which was it was really tough oh i scored 127 last week so it was still a pretty solid solid go of it uh but yeah finishing in third place which is still not bad um and uh but i just i mean the strength of my team all season was my running backs and my running backs are zeke elliott who's hurt james robinson who's i don't know in timeout and Antonio Gibson, who is up and down. And 
it was like I finally had a good week from my wide receivers with KJ Osborne doing KJ Osborne like things. You're welcome. <laughs> and then I just blew it with the running back. It, it's very frustrating. So I'm hopeful this week, looking like I have a pretty neutral matchup uh, projected within three points of my opponent right now. But yeah, I feel good about that. And then the dynasty league that we are in, holy smokes, this is. Uh, I'm just dominating is is what's happening there. Finished 12 and two. Uh, that's two wins better than any other team in the league. Um, interestingly, not the most total points scored. Um, so that I was kind of surprised about. But yeah, I just feel like I've got a real good shot of taking home the the championship in the first ever year of our sports obsessive dynasty league. Yeah, the um that league is at apparently the third league that I finished 10 and 4 <laughs> without a buy. Yep. Um so that's great. Um and we I won't have, face each other unless we reach the championship. So that could be very exciting. Yes, we will keep everyone posted just in case that happens. Um and but this week I have to make it past Andrew Grievous, who's been on our show multiple times now, um, founder of Sports Obsessive. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I have to look at my team a little bit, but right now it's projected to be pretty much a toss up. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. He thinks that he's getting my first round 2023 draft pick if I lose and it's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Whereas if I win, I get to be the commissioner of the league, which (laughs) I don't think you want that. I don't want that. (laughs) So, um, I do. I just want to say on the record, I do not agree to these terms. (laughs) Um, We'll we'll find out if Andrew listens or not. But um yeah, so playoffs are here. We we are also here to try to get you um the championships that you have worked so hard for this year. Um and we are going to do that with news and previews in a second. But first, um we're going to do the touchback player of the week. So this week's award goes to kicker Matt Gay of the L.A. Rams, who had seven touchbacks. Um, If you remember our last episode, Gay also tied for the award last week. So um, congratulations once again to Mr. Gay for having the most kicks that made his opponents start their next drive 25 yards later. You kicked it really far. You kicked it with your feet. You're the touchback. Congratulations! All right, so the NFL decided to not give us any buys this week, which is greatly appreciated. Um, There are two Saturday games, though, in the Raiders and Browns and Patriots and Colts. So um, we will talk a little bit about um, two of those teams in our game previews. Um, But before we get to that, Elijah, how about you run down a massive week of news items? 
Hey y'all, this is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Elijah, here to bring you even more news. You know, Nick just uh, led into the news segment saying that it is a massive week of news, and since we recorded on Tuesday night, it has gotten even more massive, especially with the number of players that have tested positive for COVID. So you'll hear some of this in our discussion that is a little bit outdated um, so I wanted to pop in and tell you all some updated information, but I will say the advice at the end about how to adjust your lineups, how to prep, have some backup players, all of that is still totally relevant. Um, and if you have any last minute, uh, roster questions, start sit questions in relation to this news, uh, hit us up on Twitter at 25 Y L F F. And we are happy to chat with you and chat through some of these scenarios because they're pretty crazy. Uh, but I just wanted to give you a few highlights here. Um, the most positive cases of COVID since the NFL has come back since the start of the pandemic have happened this week. Um, there are you know like over 100 players in the league uh, that are on the COVID list this week. Uh, and a couple of the top hits here that I just wanted to go through that are new since we recorded on Tuesday. So the Rams have 25 players on COVID uh, on the COVID list. We talked about the relevant ones on Tuesday that you'll hear. Washington has 21. The Browns have 20. Since we recorded, uh, Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, and their head coach, uh, Kevin Stefanski, have all uh, been put on the COVID list. None of them are going to be there this week. So Nick Mullins is starting at quarterback. That'll be kind of interesting. I don't think anybody's brave enough to start the Raiders' defense, um, but they could make something happen, and it's going to be really tough for the Browns to score points in this one. Uh, the Bears have 12 players on the COVID list, including Allen Robinson. Um, so you weren't starting Allen Robinson, but something to watch out for for the passing game. The Texans have eight. The Dolphins have six. We talked about the Dolphins in their running back room briefly, but Jalen Waddell has been added to the COVID list as well. Uh, so I think this is, we talk later about picking up Devontae Parker. Uh, I really think Devontae Parker could be great uh, if Jalen Waddle's out. And the Vikings have six players. Um, also, uh, Tyler Lockett added to the COVID list. Uh, so be sure to get him out of your lineup. Um, and some other big pieces of news. Jalen Hurts is dealing with a high ankle sprain. Uh, which is kind of tricky. So you'll want to keep an eye on that and definitely lower expectations for him this week. Um, Darren Waller has been officially ruled out and DeAndre Hopkins is likely out for the rest of the regular season. Um, Darren Waller, uh, you know, you're going to want Foster Moreau in the background, just like we talked about. Um, and I kind of buried the lead. Urban Meyer has been fired since we recorded as well. Um, and so I think that just shoots up the productivity for particularly James Robinson, um, but probably all of the Jaguars. Um, so I'm going to dip out here with that news, um, and you'll hear everything that we had on Tuesday and then uh, the rest of a great show, um, but just wanted to pop in and give you all some updates since it has been one of the most wild weeks in the NFL. Um, so without further ado, I guess back to me. Yeah, it's... Uh Less injury news, more sickness news. So we'll yes. uh, kind of blast through the injury news here. Uh, Daniel Jones has not been cleared for week 15. There's hope, uh, but I don't expect him to be there. 
Um, Aaron Rodgers said after the game that he suffered a setback with his toe injury and then promptly on Tuesday told Pat McAfee that it isn't going to be a problem. So who knows? Uh, Josh Allen suffered a foot sprain in week 14 and is considered day to day. Shouldn't keep him out of week 15. Lamar Jackson suffered a sprained ankle as well. Um, but it isn't a high ankle sprain, which is good. So we hope to see him in week 15, but they are apparently quote in wait and see mode. Moving on to wide receivers, we have Emmanuel Sanders likely out in week 15 with a sprained ankle, so Gabe Davis should see a lot of work as the wide receiver two in Buffalo, I'd expect. Um, After our show last week, the Jets placed Elijah Moore on IR, and he will remain out until at least week 17. None of the other wide receivers really did anything without him, uh, so that's Zach Wilson for you. Um, DJ Moore is day to day with a hamstring injury as well, but it looks like he's probably going to be okay. Um, with those last two news items, Elijah, would you say that that we have less more in our lives? I don't know. <laughs> I tried to figure out something that worked. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is the Charmin Ultra moment of the show. Less is is more. That's, yeah. Okay. Uh, Mine tight ends. better than that. Worked. <laughs> uh, moving on to the tight ends. Uh, not a lot of news here. Darren Waller continues to not practice. He didn't practice today. We're recording on Tuesday this week. Um, so it looks like he may be out again. While Foster Moreau, his backup, was limited on Tuesday with an abdomen injury. But we'd expect him to play. And just a note that additional further testing did, in fact, reveal that Logan Thomas tore his ACL. We thought maybe he hadn't after they thought that he did. Um, And he was already on IR and done for the year. But this confirmation is unfortunate for his dynasty outlook or future plans. Um, But we hope to get him back next season. Um, Moving on to the running backs here, which are a bit beefier. Uh, Damian Harris was limited on Tuesday, which is encouraging as he recovers from a hamstring injury that he suffered before their bye week. So hopefully he is back this Saturday. Uh, James Conner, after a monster game, suffered an ankle injury at the very end of Monday night, and he's going to get an MRI. Uh, With Chase Edmonds supposed to be returning from IR this week, uh, this is one to definitely keep an eye on. Uh, meanwhile, Kareem Hunt is week to week and unlikely to play Saturday. And Mike McCarthy is, quote, feeling a lot better about Shorts Watch Tony Pollard's availability for week 15 as he tries to recover from a torn plantar fascia. That is super painful. Um, so just in case, I don't know, maybe you could stash Corey Clement as the only like fully healthy Dallas running back right now. Um yeah. And speaking of maybe the only healthy running back, Malcolm Brown is going to resume practicing this week. Uh, If you don't know who he he plays for, he plays for Miami. Um, And we'll talk about the rest of the running backs here shortly. They also have Duke Johnson in Miami, too. So, um, but yes, we we will talk about them (laughs) a couple times coming up. Um, and Wayne Gallman was claimed, claimed off of waivers by the Vikings to back up Dalvin Cook along with special teamer uh, Kene Wongu, I think is how you say his name. Um, yes. And then Michael Carter 
uh, is expected to return this week for the Jets, which I'm very excited about because the last time we talked Michael Carter, I said, put him in your lineup, and he promptly got hurt. Uh, so I'm happy to have him back. Uh, but the so big you need to news, stop talking about Michael Carter is what yep, I'm hearing. Okay, that was it. The, forget I said that. Um, so the big block of news here is about COVID in the NFL uh, because today was a single day record for positive tests in the NFL and they've had 75 players test positive in the last two days, uh, which is a lot. Yeah. Uh, we had a handful of folks that were activated from the COVID list and Jalen Richard, which might be relevant with Kenyon Drake done for the year. Uh, we had Keenan Allen who missed last week's game. Uh, and this is a future past moment because he's playing Thursday night. And Tyler Higby was activated, which is interesting, but apparently he was a false positive, even though, as we'll talk about in a minute, the Rams had a bunch of other players placed back on the COVID list. Uh, and then David Johnson, running back for the Texans, was also activated from the list. So it's just those four players that were activated. And here's the list of relatively relevant players that were put onto the list as new additions. Uh, Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones, future pass moment. Also Josh Gordon, future pass moment. Josh Gordon was a positive test. Another future pass moment here, the Chargers left tackle Rashawn Slater was also put on the list. This after Keenan Allen tested positive prior to last week's game. So something to keep an eye on in this uh, Chiefs-Chargers game for sure. Mm. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., the most fantasy-relevant Ram. Uh, the Rams went into intensive COVID protocols on Tuesday, shutting down the facility. He was one of nine players added to the list. Uh, including Jalen Ramsey just before Monday night's game. Kadarius Toney had a positive test. Uh, basically, the entire Browns offense was added to the COVID list. Austin Hooper, Jedrick Wills, Wyatt Teller, Drew Forbes, Tack McKinley, uh, Jojo Natson, Ross Travis, and Jarvis Landry. Uh, so that's basically their entire offensive line, all of their tight ends, and their best receiver. Uh, that are all placed on the COVID list and they play Saturday mm -hmm. and their facility was shut down. Everything was virtual today on Tuesday. So who knows if the Browns can even field a roster coming up on Saturday. Um, also, the entire Miami running back room, Miles Gaskin, Salvador Ackman, and Philip Lindsay uh, are all three on the COVID list. I have seen confirmation that Philip Lindsay tested positive. Miles Gaskin was the first to go on the list, so I assume that he also tested positive. All three are apparently vaccinated, so maybe they're all back this week, but I think you know it was Friday, Gaskin, Saturday, Salvin Ahmed, Monday, Philip Lindsay, uh, so I would expect the likelihood that they play to also go in that order, with Gaskin being the most likely to return from those folks, but as I said up above, maybe it's Malcolm Brown. Um, Alexander Madison was added to the COVID list as well. So keep an eye out. And, you know, maybe that's Wayne Gallman that's the backup for Dalvin and keep an eye on maybe Dalvin gets added to the list and then maybe it's just Wayne Gallman as a new addition there that wasn't in the running back room. Uh, Cedric Wilson, Dallas wide receiver, Quez Watkins, Eagles wide receiver, and nine Washington football team players, mostly on defense, including their defensive tackle, Jonathan Allen. So that's a, you know, we just said it was 75 players in the last two days. So that's obviously not all of them. Uh, but that is just a pretty staggering number. So this week, 
really you have to keep an eye on it Mm. um and we were talking a little bit before the show you can go into this a little bit more of how to manage your roster with all of this considered yeah so like just for some context 75 players is like four percent of the entire league that's a (laughs) lot of players in two days yeah um and you know specific teams like if you're having nine people test positive that's almost 20 percent of your team um so that's you know just absolutely staggering numbers and so um things are going to get worse as you know winter is coming in a (laughs) non-game of thrones way um and you know people are indoors more um people are seeing family and going to holiday parties and all this uh all these things um and so this is you know probably not going to get much better this is probably going to be the reality we're living in um through the fantasy playoffs now for the next 10 years let's be honest (laughs) yes well that that too but uh, hopefully who knows you know Kyle Shanahan can't guarantee any of us will be here on Friday we can't guarantee we'll have a podcast in 10 years where we'll get me you know (laughs) saying oh well here's our double delta variant (laughs) um so um yeah and we did want to kind of talk about ways to really make sure that you're prepared because um you know you've worked so hard throughout all the season to get where you are in the playoffs and um it would suck if um you know the you get to this point and then one of your key players gets uh, either even just a close contact where they're not able to play in a in a given game. Um, so this and this is hardly, you know, unique advice, but we don't know what other podcasts you listen to. Hopefully you just get all your fantasy <laughs> information from us. Um but uh, one of the things is that if you have a key player going in a Sunday night game or a Monday night game where you will have very few other options and in some cases may not even have an option to go to the waiver wire on Monday um, if something was to happen unexpectedly, um, you know, make sure that you have a backup plan on your roster um, that. Uh, is ready to go just in case that something was to happen to that player. Um, And then another big thing um, is that, oh, if a player um, gets placed on the COVID list in the same position group as one of your players, um, you know, start planning to not have that player as well. We saw it happen in multiple cases here where like, you know, the Washington football team defense, it's all their defensive players, the Dolphins uh, running back room, the Browns offense. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, and last week we saw it didn't end up meaning that Mike Williams wasn't Mm -hmm. able to play like he was able to come back. But if Keenan Allen had tested positive a couple days later, then Mike Williams may not have been able to be out there. So yeah, I mean, and this is like Alexander Madison testing positive. I think if you are the person that has Dalvin Cook on your team, 
it might be worth taking a look at Wayne Gallman just as a bench stash. I don't think anybody's picking up Wayne Gallman unless they're the Dalvin Cook manager. Uh, but if you have Dalvin, it might not be the worst idea just to tuck Wayne Gallman on your roster just I, in case. I think I lightly lean uh, Mongu, but... It, be just because too. he's been on the team, like he's not just someone that is coming in off the street into that system. He's been mm-hmm. in that all this uh, off season, but at the same time, uh, something holding me back from that recommendation is that maybe he was he's in those same meetings. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, uh, so uh, who knows? We won't know unless something comes down where one or more of these players test positive. Luckily, I think, or um, are deemed close contacts. I think that Madison um, was rule, you know, put on the list early enough to uh, catch some of these other players um, just in case. But if someone else was to test positive later in the week, then, uh, you know, it's just something you have to, really pay attention to and really uh, be vigilant about, um, you know, keeping an eye on not just your players, but other players that might affect yours. Um, Because you never know when something like a Tyler Higby gets a false positive even and Mm -hmm. on Monday and is knocked out of the game. So, yeah, just keep uh, vigilant, and we will hopefully all get through <laughs> these fantasy playoffs unscathed. But uh, it is—I I guarantee that someone out there is going to get, uh, you know, really screwed over by this, or really benefit <laughs> from right. their opponent getting screwed over by this. Um, anyways, enough COVID news. Um, Let's get into the game previews. So, Elijah, you're going to lead us off with the Saturday matchup. Um, uh, well, half of the Saturday matchup, the Indianapolis Colts. Yep. Uh, the Colts are playing the Patriots on Saturday. Colts are seven and six and the Patriots are nine and four. Forty five and a half point over under. The Colts are favored by two at home, which is kind of interesting there. Um, both of these teams coming off of their bye week last week. Uh, and so I think that we'll see which team rested better. Um, but the Colts are really simple. Uh, it's, I mean, the Patriots defense is great. Uh, they are a bad matchup for basically every position. They're okay ish for a running back, but you're starting Jonathan Taylor anyways. Uh, I mean, the last time we saw Jonathan Taylor, he had 32 rushing attempts. Is that right? That's 32 rushing attempts. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Dude's a, dude's a monster. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, you're starting Jonathan Taylor. Absolutely. Uh, you're a little nervous about Michael Pittman, but I think you could still start him as a wide receiver, too, in this matchup. Uh and if you have to stream Carson Wentz, then okay. But I think that you could do better if you're in that streaming category. Um, you know, like a Jimmy Garoppolo has a great matchup this week. 
um, or even a Ben Roethlisberger has a decent matchup this week. I'm probably streaming one of them over Carson Wentz against the Patriots uh, because the Patriots are the second worst matchup for fantasy quarterbacks. Um, and that's about it. I mean, I, I think that's the team. It's Jonathan Taylor, uh, tentative Michael Pittman, and I'm probably benching Carson Wentz if I can have any semblance of a better option. Mm-hmm. Um, don't forget that you know Jonathan Taylor played the Houston Texans, so that uh, yeah, but that <laughs> and it's not even the only time he's had 32 carries this year. Um, he had that many in his five touchdown game against <laughs> the Bills, so. Uh, yeah, dude is just on fire. Has scored 18 touchdowns combined through the on the ground and through the air just already this year. Um, yeah, is going to be winning a lot of people leagues. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that the Colts are pretty straightforward. Um, if nothing else, we did want to just, you know, sing Jonathan Taylor's praises. Um, Michael Pittman, even in a tough matchup, I think would be okay here. Um, it, you know, there's the old cliche that Belichick tries to take away the best thing you're good at. Um, and even though the Patriots are kind of middle of the pack against running backs, um, Conventional wisdom would say that Jonathan Taylor is the best thing that the Colts are good at. Yes. And um, so maybe that opens up some opportunities for Michael Pittman to uh, take advantage of. Um, maybe still a, a wider middle of the pack wide receiver too this week, but um, I think certainly is a very playable player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get behind that. Uh, but I mean, definitely, if you're on a team that you know you're flexing, you're running back, and you ha- have like three uh, solid wide receivers that you're choosing from, I I would be fine putting Michael Pittman on the bench in favor of some other Michael Pittman esque options, just based on the matchup. Um, but let's talk about that other side of the ball, shall we? You want to go ahead and get into uh, yeah. the Patriots. Yeah, and this is a team that I think, whereas usually outside of only a handful of people, um, you're not really considering a whole lot of options. Um, the matchup is in is good enough at a couple positions where you might consider some others. Um, so Mac Jones, I think, is uh, a potential streamer this week. Um, <laughs> Mac Jones or Carson Wentz? Oh, I'd probably go Mac Jones because I, I, uh, w- even with the tough running back or uh, a potentially tough running back matchup, even um, mm-hmm. if they were to try to take away Jonathan Taylor, the the Colts are going to need Jonathan Taylor, and it's not like um, I think it was the the Colts played someone recently where i remember getting scared off of um carson wentz because um another podcast said that um they would need to rely almost exclusively on jonathan taylor and then 
uh, even though it may have even been the Bucks, I think, um, which was a good quarterback matchup and Carson Wentz had a good game. Um, so, uh, but this is not a good quarterback matchup either. So um, right. I think I would go Mac Jones. Um, I think now it's a lo- it's a low ceiling option. I think probably two touchdowns is his ceiling, but and he's certainly his- not... <laughs> Sorry, is his is his floor two completions for nineteen yards? Only if it's like a a blizzard, I guess. Yeah. Um. So yes, I, that that I guess is his floor, but um, Unexpected I do not expect. Speak. Yes, I I have a hard time foreseeing a repeat of one of the most bizarre games in NFL history. Um, so I think that he's a low ceiling option, but potentially a high floor. Um, I, I think that, you know, it, uh, two touchdowns here are not out of the realm of possibilities. Um, which will, you know, give you a, all a borderline quarterback one. Um, mm-hmm. if you're not turning the ball over. So, um, especially because the Colts are giving up the fifth most points to fantasy tight ends. And uh, almost half of Mac Jones's touchdowns are going to tight end Hunter Henry um, with another one uh, going to Johnny Smith. So that would be eight of his 16 touchdown passes going to the tight end position. Um so I think that the opportunity is here for him to throw some touchdowns um, and be a potential, uh, you know, high floor kind of player in a good matchup. Um, the Colts are a lot better against running backs than they are uh, quarterbacks and tight ends. Um, they are only giving up the 28th most points so the fourth fewest to running backs um that said you're still starting damian harris um he has scored a lot of points Uh, this is of course assuming he's healthy um and the uh patriots are you know dedicated to running the ball uh, protecting that uh, rookie quarterback, especially as we saw last week, and where he, Mac Jones only attempted three passes, he was protected. Yes. <laughs> um, so if Damian Harris cannot go, even again in a tough matchup, I think Ramondre Stevenson is a smash start, borderline running back one. Um, very good running offense, and he has flashed when he has the opportunity. Um, uh, Brandon Bolden is nothing more than an absolute desperation PPR play. Um, he has, you know, 32 catches on the year. So is a okay receiving back, but I don't think is really getting any other opportunities that, um, make him anything more than just a, I need to hope and pray that someone gets me seven points. <laughs> um, so on the wide receiver side, um, we've waxed poetic about, and by we, I mean me, uh, Kendrick Bourne quite a bit this uh, this year. 
I think he's, you know, pretty much where he has been all year, which is a pretty solid uh, wide receiver three. Um, Jacoby Myers, pretty much the same. Um, Neither player had a catch last week, but that is kind of to be expected. Um, Elijah, do you know, without looking at the notes, do you know who the two completions were? Well, Um, I already I already saw that Johnny Smith was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't. I I feel like Nelson Aguilar was the other, just because I did already see it in the notes. Um, but um, those were not the two that I would have guessed. Aguilar was a target, but he okay. was not the catch. Brandon Bolden was the other catch. Ah, there you um, go. Good for you, Brandon. And there, there, Nelson Aguilar goes not being able to catch stuff. He probably dropped it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a classic nelson aguilar one target for zero catches line mm-hmm. <laughs> although much different circumstances from normal um and so um yeah i think both jacoby myers and kendrick Bourne, um wide receivers threes obviously Bourne maybe a little bit more touchdown dependent than jacoby myers who famously <laughs> has one career touchdown um Aguilar you're not uh, seriously considering here um and then Hunter Henry yeah is I think a very nice tight end play um very good chance to catch a touchdown um and that's all my thoughts on the Patriots yeah so I was just gonna ask Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith if you have a read on that if you have a preference between those two tight ends I mean Johnny Smith recently back from injury, um, but and Hunter Henry has been catching touchdowns so far this year. But I don't know how you feel about in a good tight end matchup, which one you could play, or they're both just touchdown dependent tight end twos that could probably score. Um, I mean, I think Hunter Henry is probably closer to a tight end one. Um, he. Uh, I don't know where he is on the season, but he has seven touchdowns. So, right. Um, so what, probably one of five. one of these guys, one of the yeah, one of these guys has seven touchdowns, and one of these guys has one touchdown. I think that that's uh, pretty obvious of who you should mm-hmm. be taking the swing at. Um. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a great matchup for uh, either one. I think that if you are really struggling at tight end um maybe you have like a i don't know someone that popped you up started on the COVID ricky list seals jones or, this week. yeah maybe you have ricky seals jones um hunter henry i think is definitely someone that you should consider uh if you have the option instead so um uh, but even like Johnny Smith, uh, I think potentially could be I, I at some point it all just comes down to which who's going to catch a touchdown at tight end. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Johnny catches one if you want to take that risk this week uh, go, and you have like no better options. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind all of right. my feeling on that. Aren't you so glad I asked you to talk about mostly irrelevant tight ends? I love it. It's, it's a good day. 
It's my favorite thing on the podcast is talking about uh, <laughs> mediocre tight ends. Um, all right, let's move on to the next team preview prior to uh, taking a short break here. Uh, we've got the Green Bay Packers who are 10 and three and they're playing the Baltimore Ravens eight and five. This is a 43 and a half point over under Packers favored by four and a half on the road. Uh, and we'll see how that line shakes out. If Lamar Jackson isn't able to go, I'd expect that line to expand for sure. Um, so last week, Sunday night football, we saw Aaron Rodgers and the Packers put up 45 points against the bears, which was uh, a pretty interesting game for most of it. And then it became not at all interesting. Um, so Aaron Rodgers, with his not an issue, but suffered a setback toe injury, uh, last week only had eight incompletions uh, on 37 attempts for almost 350 yards, four touchdowns and no interceptions. I mean, the guy is playing like some of the most efficient football of his career. Uh, and you're definitely starting him even the, through this toe injury. I mean, I'm going to be starting him in our league of record. Uh, the, he doesn't practice. He just shows up on Sunday and dominates. Uh, and he did it again this past week, and I'd expect him to do it again against the Ravens this week. Um, mm. And his passing options, uh, just as we started to believe in MVS, after he had a couple good games in a row, he had a terrible game against the Bears, and Alan Lazard is the one, uh, that secondary pass-catching option that had a good game. Uh, and so, I mean, good luck. I'd rather not start either of them. Yeah, I'm I'm not personally chasing the Lazard game. I know that no. that's probably surprising to the world, but um <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's not been very good this year. Um neither is really MVS, although he's missed some time. Um but yeah, I'm not ideally playing either one of them unless you're desperate, um which you might be. So, um at MVS at least has the big play potential. So I think if I had to choose someone, um, it, like if it's between Alan Lazard, MVS, or an empty roster spot, <laughs> I at least would probably choose MVS. But I wouldn't feel great about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that one too. Um, and this isn't a great matchup for wide receivers, although the Ravens did lose Marlon Humphrey last week, as we talked about. And so their secondary is a little bit weaker and the Ravens defense is just not, I mean, the Ravens they're eight and five, but they don't feel like eight and five. Uh, so I'd expect the Packers to kind of roll in this one. Um, and what's interesting though, is that the Ravens on the season are a pretty bad running back matchup and the running back room for the Packers is strange. Um, Aaron Jones came back from his injury and had five carries uh eight total opportunities but if you're just looking at total fantasy points you wouldn't know it because he scored two touchdowns uh so i looked at my you know just my total fantasy points and i was like oh wow aaron jones had a good game um but <laughs> then i actually you know like went back and watched some of it and was like looking at the details of this and it was like wow aaron jones like he was on the field, but he didn't really get any work. And like AJ Dillon had 15 carries. He almost doubled him up on opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't even know. I think, I think you can probably start AJ Dillon, I guess. I, and I yeah. guess you can start both of them, even though this is a bad matchup for running backs. 
I, I really don't know what to do. You're not sitting Aaron Jones just because of his name. And I think you can flex AJ Dillon based on his production lately. Um, and he's the future there too. So I, I don't know. I'm confused. Uh, but I think you can just start both of them here. Um, and then obviously, you know, I skipped over Devonte Adams in the pass catchers section. You're starting Devonte Adams. He, you know, 10, uh, receptions for over a hundred yards and two touchdowns last week. Um, and good note here that in Yahoo daily, uh, Rogers and Adams cost $32 each. So you could get that very expensive stack. Um, and then you could average a very reasonable $19 per player for the rest of your lineup. So if you wanted to kind of target this matchup, uh, I think that's something that is viable. Um, it's not the best matchup for QBs and wide receivers, uh, but with how bad of a matchup it is for running backs, you know, that might just be the way that they go that uh, the Packers just throw it and throw it and throw it and throw it. And you could get a lot of fantasy points that way. Um, and lastly here, the Ravens are a really good matchup for tight ends. Um, but the starting tight end for the Packers is listed as Josiah DeQuara. I'm a real boy. Uh, you know, sure. Real life human being. Real life human. <laughs> uh, and so, I, I mean, you're not starting him. Um, and then Mercedes Lewis is on the team and you're not starting him. Um, no. So I, I think the Packers defense is a good play, especially if, uh, you know, they don't have, if the Ravens don't have Lamar Jackson, just like Packers defense to the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think you're starting the regular names in this Packers matchup here. Uh, and yes, if I had to choose between a secondary pass catching option and an empty roster spot, I think I'm with you that I would go with MBS, but I'm hoping to not have to start either of them in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. Um, I will say you had said that, um, it wasn't a great matchup for, um, quarterbacks, but I kind of, there, the Ravens are not that great against them. Um, they give up the 11th most points. And I think last week before playing a, you know, fairly broken, um, Browns offense, I think they were ninth in fantasy points to quarter allowed to quarterbacks. So, um, I think that Aaron Rodgers, and, and this is part of why I'm thinking the wheels were turning with an Aaron Rodgers, Devonte Adams stack is, um, it's a pretty good matchup. Um, assuming Lamar plays, it'll, there's a chance that it could definitely hit the over here. Um, even if it has a kind of mediocre uh, line of 43 and a half um, and middle of the pack against wide receivers, but Devonte Adams is more or less matchup proof. So yeah, he's not um, just any wide receiver. Yeah, and I think, you know, $19, uh, your defense will probably cost like 14 and your tight end you can spend down on. So um, that's probably more like $22 per player, which is that's uh, you can build a nice fantasy lineup in Yahoo with that. So, um, yeah, we so that is the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we are going to take a quick ad break and we will catch you on the other side. 
Hey kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on Cinephile Hissy Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. And we're back. So um, I am going to now talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they are taking on the Washington football team. Both teams are six and seven. It is a 44 and a half point over under. And uh, Philly is right now uh, favored by five. Um, we talked a little about how the Washington football team defense has just been decimated by uh, the COVID list. Um, so that definitely makes these options a little more interesting um, as we talk about them. So uh, probably the biggest question here is whether or not Jalen Hurts will play. Um, indications seem to be pointing towards uh, yes, although nothing is guaranteed as of Tuesday that I've seen. Um, Gardner Minshew, um, in the week before their buy, uh, just went out and absolutely crushed it. Um, 242 passing yards and two touchdowns and a big win against the Jets. Um, had people being like, oh, Gardner should be the starter. Um, so, uh, it'll definitely affect the pass catchers if Jalen is not able to go. Um, but if he, it's hardly a, a no go if Jalen Hurts is in fact able to play. Yeah, and I, this is an injury news. I'm sure we're gonna get uh, an injury report tomorrow. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Obviously, we're recording Tuesday, so we don't get the Wednesday injury report. Uh, but during their bye week. Uh, Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni was very quick to dismiss any rumors that Gardner Minshew should be the starter. And he said he expects Jalen Hurts to be back. And he said that Jalen Hurts will be the starter. Um, so as long as his ankle holds up, which it, they seem optimistic that it you know will be good to go for this week, then yeah, Jalen Hurts is, uh, is in. But that's the latest news that we have, yeah. which is now about a week old. Yeah, and I will. I wasn't trying to say that Minshew would get uh, or Hertz would get benched for Minshew. Uh, just you know, um, kind of saying that uh, Hertz, if he isn't able to go because he's still hurting, uh, <laughs> what kind of or you know what Minshew would, what we could kind of expect from Minshew. Um, but yeah, a good update for us. Um, so Miles Sanders um this past or I guess 2 weeks ago now um had nearly 20% of his total carries on the season in one game. Um they did again play the hapless New York Jets who just bleed points to running backs. So that is not really uh super surprising especially with the uptick in um in carries and rushing attempts that the Eagles have had as a team um even Kenneth Gainwell this past week had uh 12 carries and five targets so um that's 41 rushing or 
running back attempts just between those two players. Um, well, actually 44, because I didn't even count Miles Sanders' uh, uh, targets, too. So, yeah, the running backs, at least against the Jets, were super involved. Um, the football team matchup is a little bit tougher in general, but at the same time, um, uh, you know, decimated by injury. So, or not injury by illness. Um, so we could see a repeat of that. I think that, um, if healthy Miles Sanders is the only player in the backfield that I'm willing to seriously consider, um, that those opportunities for Kenneth Gainwell are vastly outside of his normal realm so i'm not really expecting a repeat of that um but uh miles sanders even with an uptick uh from usual from his normal volume i think will uh be able to thrive against a depleted washington team um the biggest question though is going to be the receiving options um, especially Devonte Smith. Uh, weirdly, he did not have a particularly good game uh, with Minshew at quarterback. Um, just two receptions for 15 yards uh, is still their best receiving option in general. And I think if Hertz is back, will uh, be a much more viable option but is really probably still only like a wide receiver three because he's been just very inconsistent, uh, even with Hertz as quarterback. Um, the other two, uh, Jalen Rager um, and Quez Watkins, who I think Quez Watkins was one of the players we talked about being on the COVID list, so may not even be available. Um, maybe that leads to, an uh, if he's not able to play, maybe that leads enough to, uh, to an uptick for Jalen Rager, but I would still not play Jalen Rager. No, um, uh, an uptick from one target for seven yards is not <laughs> much of an uptick. So, um, yeah, Jalen Rager, not considering even if Hertz is back, even if Watkins is out. Um, not really a player that you're looking to play. Um, and then Dallas Goddard, it's interesting to see if uh, who he ends up playing with at quarterback. Um, if Hertz plays, he's definitely fine. Um, is still the middle of the pack tight end one that he's been all year. Um, if Minshew plays, uh, he could be a top end tight end one. He was certainly this past week um, where he had six catches for 105 yards and two touchdowns. So um, Minshew apparently likes him a lot. Um, Both of Minshew's touchdowns went to Dallas Goddard. So um, in the unlikely uh, uh, chance that Minshew plays this week, um, I think just a chain slight change in expectations for Goddard. Um, but otherwise is still a very nice tight end play and will probably 
uh, either way, you won't have too many options uh, that are better than Dallas Goddard, uh, regardless. Um, so yeah, that is the Eagles in a nutshell. Um, wish that the wide receivers were a little bit more dependable so they could take uh, advantage of a Washington football team that at their best is giving up the third po- most points yeah. to fantasy wide receivers and a court are giving up the most points to fantasy quarterbacks. But um, yeah, it is what it is. And, but I, I do think there are some points to be had here. Um, Hertz running the ball is certainly um, a good option at quarterback is a middle of the pack quarterback one. And uh, you're starting Miles Sanders. You're flexing Devonta Smith. Yeah, and this is a matchup that's going to be really interesting to get this injury news from Jalen Hurts, from Miles Sanders, from Jordan Howard, get the COVID news from the Washington defense. Uh, this is, I mean, this game could be super ugly. Um or I think it could be a smash play for the Eagles, especially in their ground game. And I'd include Jalen Hurts in that ground game as well. Um, yeah, I mean, if nine players for the Washington football team that are on the COVID list, it's just, and most of their defensive line, if they have backups all across their defensive line, just fire up those Philadelphia running game options for sure. Um mm-hmm. I'm going to move into the Pittsburgh Steelers here uh, who are six, six and one, uh, you know, that one tie to the Detroit lions um, playing against the Tennessee Titans who are nine and four. This is a 41 and a half point over under and the Titans are favored by two. Um, last week, the Steelers had uh, a bit of a heartbreaker against the Vikings. Uh, it was a weird game uh, up and down, back and forth uh, after the Vikings were just blowing them out for the first half of the game. Um, but a lot of these players came through with big games at the end of the day. Uh, ben Roethlisberger had three touchdown passes over 300 yards, which is kind of interesting because earlier in the week, you know, we talked last week about how uh, he had that old age injury designation that was keeping him out of practice, but he had a really good uh, real life football day and a really good fantasy day as well as a streamer. Um, Najee Harris with over a hundred yards and uh, two touchdowns there as well. And just really broke my heart with those two touchdowns that both of which should have gone to Deontay Johnson. (laughs) They were targeted to Deontay Johnson, the play before he dropped one that the other one was a kind of bad throw. And then also in the same series, he uh, had a pass interference penalty that put them on the one line, one yard line. And then uh, Najee Harris scored both of those touchdowns. And that was the difference in my uh, winning and losing in our league of record this past week. So that, uh, that was frustrating. Um, But yeah, uh, go ahead. (laughs) I want to go back to Ben for a second. So it's a good, it's a good quarterback matchup in the Titans defense. Um, It's a good wide receiver matchup and that plays to their strengths a little bit. 
So where are you thinking for Ben? Are so like if we're to look at some quarterbacks that we've talked about already, so Ben or Carson Wentz? Ben, for sure. Um Ben or Mac Jones? Ben. Interesting. Um I'd have to look at some of the other people kind of in that range. But um so you are all in on uh, on Ben this week having a really nice game it sounds like. I mean, I think he's going to be a, somewhere between quarterback 8 and 13. Okay. Um I mean, I he's not going to, you know, cuz there are the the Josh Allens and the Tom Brady's and uh the Jalen Hurts and, you know, those types of players that are going to Aaron Rodgers, you know, all of those are going to fill up those main quarterback but i think that ben roethlisberger you could probably get him right off the waiver wire and he could be a back-end quarterback one for you this week okay here here's an absolutely absurd one um hobbled lamar jackson (laughs) or ben roethlisberger Uh, the stats say start ben roethlisberger but the the heart says you cannot bench lamar in the playoff in your fantasy playoffs and lose because he had a great game on your bench. I just don't think that you could take the... I, I don't know that anybody is mentally strong enough <laughs> to survive that happening to them. So you're starting Lamar, I think. Um, but Lamar has been pretty terrible lately. And Ben has been pretty solid lately. So uh, uh-huh. if your process over resultsing it, I think it's Ben. <laughs> I have okay. I have one last one for you. Okay. Um, this is a player that we talked about before the show started. Um, but Jimmy G or Ben Roethlisberger? See, I think that one's actually pretty close because Jimmy G has a really good matchup this week as well, uh, and I trust him slightly more as a passer. But the Steelers are going to have way more passing opportunity. Probably, you know, Ben. He's going to have to keep up with the Titans. He's probably going to have to throw it another 35, 40 times. Um, so for, I, I think that's going to be really close. I think both of those guys are going to finish right around quarterback 10, 11, 12 this week. Um, take your pick. All right. Um, that's and a non-answer you... for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Um, I think I might slightly lean Jimmy G there. Because um, I think... The Titans are so banged up on offense that I don't necessarily think it'll have they'll have to keep up quite as much. Um, but it's hardly the the Falcons are hardly a powerhouse themselves. <laughs> right. Um, anyways, you can continue your Steelers uh, preview. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, it's uh, the second best wide receiver matchup here. And so Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are, I think... I mean, Deontay Johnson, he's a a smash play every single Mm -hmm. week. And this is just a glorious time for him to have this matchup in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. But I think Chase Claypool, who's coming off a a game of eight for 93, uh, is a great play as well. Um, I think Deontay Johnson is more of a volume-based wide receiver one type. You know, the um, Michael Thomas type of player. and then Chase Claypool is a big play guy. But, you know, as we saw last week, eight receptions on nine targets. So he has some volume in him as well. 
Um, but the thing to note with uh, those two players is that interestingly, Chase Claypool only has one touchdown on the season to Deontay Johnson's six. And this past game, watching it, as I mentioned, Deontay Johnson had three end zone targets. Uh, so, I mean, I he seems to be more involved in the red zone. And I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that he's a ridiculously precise route runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you get in close, that sometimes matters a whole lot more than just being a big body that can win a jump ball. Um, it, it's better to throw to a guy that's open. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, you're starting both of them, but it's interesting. Chase Claypool coming off of a big touchdown season that he only has one on the year. Um, and I don't think that you're really starting these other wide receiver options. Maybe they're kind of cheap dart throws in daily. You know, James mm-hmm. Washington coming off of a pretty big game. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod coming off of a heavy target game. Um, and so I think you could, if you just need one more player that, you know, costs you like $11 in daily on Yahoo, then I think you yeah. could pick one of them in this just beautiful matchup for wide receivers. And it's a bad matchup for tight ends here, but Pat Fryermuth is, uh, he's just really good. I, I mean, mm. last week, coming off of a very strange uh, 3-2, and one uh, three targets, two catches, 32 yards, and a single touchdown. Um, so that's not great. Uh, but, I mean, the guy also has seven touchdowns on the year. You know, you were talking about Hunter Henry having seven touchdowns. Pratt Fryermuth is much more involved in the offense. They throw the ball a lot more, and he also has those seven touchdowns. So I think that, uh, I mean, Pat Fryermuth isn't a top tight end option, but he's in the the bottom half of the top 10 to 12 for me, definitely. I mean, I'm starting him over a Hunter Henry type. Um, so I think that you can pretty much start every Steelers relevant player this week. Um, and you're starting Najee every week, even in a bad running back matchup against the Titans. Um, so I think all of them should have really good games and you should feel confident about it going into these uh, the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, um, if if it wasn't now the fantasy playoffs, I would say that Ray Ray McLeod and James Washington were players that I would be keeping my eyes on for these dinner roll types. Yeah, these dinner roll types. Not really relevant at this point. Um, You probably need to be stashing handcuffs uh, Mm -hmm. like we were talking about at the top of the show, stashing players that... um, to back up your prime time players uh, where you'll have fewer options for replacements um, instead of, you know, wide receiver sixes, let's say at this (laughs) point with uh, that have upside that are never going to make it into your lineup barring um, uh, absolute miracles. Um, So, yeah, they're both players that uh, in another week, I might say, keep your eye on, but not this uh, week as we enter the final phase of the season. Um, our last preview this week is going to be a team that I think the only other time we've talked about them, we said it would be the only time this year. 
Um, but they have the New York Jets. So that team is the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. Uh, they are six and seven, and they are playing the New York Jets, who are three and ten. It is a forty-two and a half point over under, and the Dolphins are favored by eight and a half. So, can you tell me how this over under is higher than the Steelers against the Titans? Uh, and is there's some curious lines this week? I think you know comparable to Packers Ravens, like. I all these lines are so low. Yeah, it's a, Dolphins Jets is I I don't know, I'm confused. It's a very strange week. We also we're going to get into this more, but there's the uh an over under that's under 40 points this week and it's only a half point away from like another one. Um so yeah, it's a very strange week with with lines. I guess Vegas is just not enamored with this slate uh, <laughs> and thinks that it's going to be a high scoring affair. So, um, but even so the dolphins being favored by eight and a half, I think I'm willing to, I, I, my math skills are a little off. I think that means they have a higher implied total than the Packers. Um, yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> what a world. What a world. Um, so uh, the Dolphins were on by last week, um, but they beat the New York Giants the previous week, uh, 20 to nine. We actually, I don't know if you noticed this, Elijah, hmm. talked about all four by teams from last week. Yes, I did notice <laughs> this as we were going through. And with this line, too, you know, we just talked about it's a 42 and a half point over under. The last time that the Dolphins played, they also played a New York team who is also terrible. And it was a combined 29 points. So more than 10 points less than the over under this week. So I don't know. I mean, maybe just take the under. Yeah. It's, I, the Jets probably aren't getting you there. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it's probably, probably a safe. Yeah. The, the, it's probably a safe bet to take the under here. Um, but, you know, the Dolphins, uh, I think, are a good play um, with some complications, though. Um, Tua has been playing pretty well, uh, of late, uh, no interceptions his last time out, kind of a mediocre, uh, yards per attempt, but, uh, the Giants defense has been playing a little bit better of late. Um, I think is a solid, uh, maybe even top end quarterback to this, this week. Um, well, let's uh, let's ask you here some of these streaming options that we talked about at Tua or Carson Wentz. I think because of the matchup and because of the potential for the lack of other options, I'm going to go Tua. Tua, okay. Tua, we don't know if he's going to have any running backs. And Carson right. Wentz, we know, has Jonathan Taylor. So, um, yes, I think I am going Tua, although I don't feel great about it. Okay, Tua or Mac Jones? Um, They're pretty similar. I think both of them kind of have like a two-touchdown ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm going to go with Mac Jones because I think that he is going to have to pass the ball more 
than Tua, who is going to have to play the Jets. Okay, and last one here, the Tua or Ben Roethlisberger? Um, there, I think I would go Ben. I think So I think I only went Tua above Carson Wentz, but I, I think is still a high floor option against a Jets team that gives up the sixth most points to fantasy quarterbacks. Tua has been playing a lot more efficiently lately. Um, And he might, again, it may just be the passing game this week. Yeah. Um, Coming off of a buy, probably also very available off of waivers too, if you need that. And maybe it's an option that, you know, you take him as a backup for some Sunday players that maybe you're having some COVID issues. Not that the Dolphins aren't having their COVID issues, but you know, like I, I think he's he's somebody to to put on your bench and is a viable streamer this week. I'd agree. Yeah. Um. So uh, the running back situation is a really big mess. We, as of Tuesday, have no idea who is going to play, who is not going to play. Um. It could be Duke Johnson. It could be Malcolm Brown. Um, I'm kind of leaning that Malcolm Brown doesn't, if he, I think he maybe plays, if nothing else, out of necessity, but I don't think he would necessarily be 100% after not playing for the better part of half of a year. So, um I I guess Duke Johnson is the if if Gaskin, Philip Lindsay, and Salvin Ahmed are out. Um, I think that is the player I would go with. But um, if one of those three guys is not active, I'm probably not taking the chance on Duke Johnson or Malcolm Brown. If one of those three players is clearly the guy or if it's if miles gaskin is active since we know he is more than likely the guy um i am smash starting them in a against a jets team that gives up the most points to fantasy running backs yeah it's so hard uh because yeah it's the jets they give up the most points to fantasy running backs but if it's like you're saying if it's only duke johnson and malcolm brown active in your fantasy playoffs, I don't think I'm starting either of them. I, no. I mean, I think the practice reports will probably tell us some, uh, if it is just the two of them, like who's been getting first down work, and that'll probably tell you who you should start if you need to pick one. Uh, but I just can't imagine actually picking one of those two in my redraft league uh, in the fantasy playoffs, I, it would just be. I, I think maybe in a super deep league, in a dynasty league, uh, you could scoop them up off waivers and play them if you're desperate. There, I could see that happening. I could see that in daily as somebody that's going to be super, super cheap uh, that you could put in, and you know maybe they get 15, 20 carries just because the workload. But I can't imagine that I'd put them in my lineup in a redraft league. You would have to be so just destroyed by injuries or by covid like about the only analogy that i have in my own history is the first fantasy championship that i won i made it to the championship game um and then just my entire team got hurt in like the week between this the fine or the semifinals and the finals 
And I ended up having to start uh, CJ Anderson, who wasn't even expected to be the backup to the Rams backup. <laughs> um, and Robbie Anderson, who was on waivers, but it had some uh, good games. And um, luckily, both players hit. And yeah, I beat Elijah in the, yeah. uh, which I'm sure to bring up every time I possibly <laughs> can to him to remind him about that time that uh, CJ Anderson and Robbie Anderson robbed him of a uh, fantasy championship. But um, yeah, that uh, outside of your entire roster getting injured, um, don't start. Them. It, I yeah if. If it's someone that's not one of those three people, I'm not starting uh, Duke Johnson or a Malcolm Brown in a redraft or dynasty league that I'm in the playoffs for. Um, throw it in, throw them in a dollar daily fantasy league uh, contest. But yeah, that's about it. Um, on the receivers uh, side of the ball, uh, Jalen Waddle has been absolutely awesome lately. Um, I think he's like the wide receiver two in the last month or something wild like that. Um, and uh, has, is just catching everything in sight, has been catching touchdowns. Um, easy play here, even in a tougher matchup um, where... Well, I say tougher matchup. The the wide receiver is about the only position the Jets don't bleed points to. Um, we should really they're getting run on. Yes. Um, so we should really find a way to make the green in our. Ch- so we have a fantasy points allowed chart in our uh, show notes, and we should try to find a way to make that green like a jet screen. So it's just all the way because it's borderline all the way across. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, Devontae Parker um, is another receiving option. Oh, Jalen Waddle, I'd say like maybe back end wide receiver one. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah, since week eight, he's the wide receiver 12. Okay, I thought there was one. I thought there was one where he was the wide receiver two. Let's Since see. I don't know. Point. Since week ten, he's the wide receiver ten. Uh, since week eleven, he's the wide receiver nine. I don't know. We're just creeping up and creeping up now. But uh, nope. I mean, I think he also. You know, they just had their bye week. Um. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe it's like. It might be by average points. Since week 12, he's averaging, and only in two games, averaging 23 points. So, yeah. um, Since week 11, that number is. This is great um, podcasting. Oh, yeah. Just 22.4. So. He's on fire. Let's just. He's on fire. He's on fire. Yes. Um, Let me get back to the right tab. All right. Um, so another receiving option uh, here is Devonte Parker. I know that you had planned to talk about Parker later. Do you want to talk about him here instead? Yeah, sure. Uh, this was a speed round item, but um, 
I think that Devontae Parker is somebody that you can play. He's gone largely under the radar because he's missed the majority of the season with injury. Um, But before the bye, he came back and went five for five for 62 yards in his first game back. And that's not an amazing game. Um, But in his games played this season, he's never scored less than eight fantasy points. So that's a pretty high floor for a wide receiver Mm. as wide receivers as a position tend to bust a lot. Um, And so I think that Devontae Parker in this matchup, you know, as we just said, the Jets don't give up as many points to wide receivers, but in this unique matchup where the Dolphins may have no running backs, um, I think that Devontae Parker is somebody that if he's still on waivers and he's still available in 54% of Yahoo leagues, I would scoop him up and probably put him right into the lineup. Um, And then, for the rest of the fantasy playoffs as well, um, because he has after this week against the Jets, his next two matchups are top 10 matchups for fantasy wide receivers. So um, I really think that Devontae Parker is a player that you could, I mean, it's so rare this late in the season that you can pick up somebody off waivers and put them right into your lineup with confidence. And I think this is one of those unique cases that you can. Yeah. Um, Wrapping up the Dolphins here, um, Albert Wilson had kind of an eye-popping eight targets this last week. Uh, I kind of view him uh, in the same realm as Ray Ray McLeod and James Washington, where um, he would be someone in a normal circumstances who I would keep my eye on and maybe think about flex- or picking up in a deep league, um, but not in the fantasy playoffs. Um, and, and by pick up, I mean like after watching him for another week or two to see if those trends continued. Um, and then just a fun little nugget: Mac Hollins uh was just four yards away from an Evans, the famed one target, one catch, one yard, and one touchdown. Um, unfortunately, he had five yards, Ugh, so not quite, not quite as far. He. Um, and Mike Kosicki, uh, smash start at the tight end position. Um, Jets give up the eighth most points to fantasy tight ends. And, uh, he had 11 targets this last week. So, um, yeah, Gasicki smash start at tight end. And, uh, yeah, that's the Dolphins. Just, uh, definitely keep an eye out. Um, we have virtually no information because this is a, a Tuesday that we're recording about that running back room. Um, someone in that running back room is going to score a lot of points, whether you are going to be able to guess who or not is to be determined. Yeah, hopefully it'll be really clear and it's Miles Gaskin and he'll be pretty much alone and you can start him with confidence. Uh I don't know how confident I am that that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I think it should be, you know, who knows? Maybe the Dolphins uh, break that 42 and a half point over under by themselves. Uh, it's certainly possible. Um, shall we get into the speed round? Let's. So first item here, uh, I'm stealing your guy. Uh, this is KJ Osborne time. Uh, who I picked up in our league record, and I'm, I'm probably starting him this week. Um, he's been on fire recently. He's averaging eight targets and over 15 fantasy points over his last two weeks. 
Uh, Adam Thielen is still out with his injury, and the Vikings have Chicago on Monday Night Football. And Chicago gives up the eighth most fantasy points to fantasy wide receivers. So I think that if you need KJ Osborne, if you picked him up these last couple weeks, that you can keep riding the hot hand as a flex or a wide receiver two, three, if you need him. So this isn't 100% fantasy relevant, but we have talked a lot about uh, the over-unders and betting lines this week, so may as well. Um, So Houston and Jacksonville has a 39.5 point over-under, which is among the most disgusting things that I've ever seen. Um, That said, Vegas and Cleveland is only a half point higher. as painful as it is, I feel like those lines are almost impossibly low. I think that I would almost recommend taking the overs if I didn't feel just too gross about it. Um, I think that Vegas and Cleveland, I think I definitely would take the over on. Um, I think there's, mm-hmm. even with a uh, potentially COVID-ravaged Cleveland, um, uh, Vegas at the very least has enough offensive talent to potent- to push that over uh that over under. Houston and Jacksonville uh the offenses are just so gross but also so are the defenses. So I think I would take the over under on it but I ooh you're braver than me if you do. <laughs> Yeah, I not to spoil that, but can you tell me the total no. combined points for Jacksonville and Houston for their last two games? So this is this is two games for Jacksonville and two games for Houston. Put all those points together. How much have they scored? So Jacksonville got shut out last week. Um, I don't remember that it was the nine to six Bills game. Was that? Oh, that was a while to, ago. That was a while ago. Yep. Um, they played. I couldn't the, remember if there was like maybe a buy in there in the middle. Um, nope, no bye weeks. These are two full games for each of these teams. I think that I'm trying to remember who. Okay, remind me who, can you tell me who they played? I, so I remembered that the Jags got shut out. Yep, so the Jags played the Titans this past week, and the week before uh-huh. they played the Rams. The Rams was, uh, I don't even remember. And I this past they scored week, like nine, maybe. This past week, the Seahawks were the Texans' opponent, and the week prior was the Colts. Um, don't think too hard. Just give me a number. I'm gonna guess six against the Seahawks and the Colts. I'm gonna guess, sh- or they got shut out against the Colts. I remember uh-huh. that one too. Right. So I'm gonna guess what was that? 15 points in <laughs> across so, four games. Yeah. So the, that I guessed. The- the Texans put up a, a more respectable 13 points against the Seahawks. But yeah, they've combined okay. for 20 points between their last two games. And uh, so this, that's across four total games. Right. For those teams. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So so in this one game, 
I don't think that they're hitting that 39 and a half point over under. I mean, they might because they're, yeah, but the defenses are so terrible too. Yeah. So I, uh, you know what? Take the under for Houston Jacksonville, (laughs) take the over for Vegas, Cleveland. I think the Vegas, Vegas might get that 40 points themselves against the Cleveland team (laughs) that I don't believe in anymore. There you Let's go. go. Let's go. Oh, there's our over under talk. <laughs> that, that's like five minutes of over under talk. Uh, so my last speed round item here uh, is less about a player and just more about a strategy. Um, there are three games before Sunday this week. Um, so it's a reminder to take any of your Saturday players. And obviously, hopefully you already took your Thursday players out of your flex positions uh, to give yourself maximum Sunday flexibility and you might need that more than ever uh, with all of the COVID list additions this week. Um, so definitely make sure to take those Saturday players out of your flex in addition to the Sunday players. Um, so I'm going to kind of do two here because Elijah was going to have one and then I had him stick it on the <laughs> end of the Dolphins game. Um, they are two very different teams, but um, both running back ones. Um so I was in on Amir Abdullah last week, um, but Chuba Hubbard, while he was virtually non-existent in the passing game, I don't even think he was maybe even targeted. Um, he remained the early down back last week. Um, the Bills run defense has been pretty atrocious lately. Um, so they have been just totally torched on the ground in two of the last three weeks. Um, one by Jonathan Taylor and then uh, by the myriad of Patriots running backs this past week. Um, the other week where they weren't uh, torched was a blowout against the Saints where Tony Jones Jr. was their leading running back. Um, so not exactly uh, a world beater there. Um, so... I don't think I would trust Chuba in necessarily a playoff scenario, but in daily, like um, for example, where he's $16 in Yahoo, I think he might be worth a flyer against a uh, Bills run defense that's really been exposed over the last few weeks. Um, And finally, um, if James Conner can't go this week, um, if you remember, he, we talked about him in the news earlier today, um, but Chase Edmonds can. Um, Edmonds expected to be activated if he hasn't already been um, from the injured reserve. Um, I would be absolutely firing up Edmonds with confidence against the Lions. Um if Connor can play, um, I'm rolling with him with confidence um, because he has been on a roll um, and just uh, scoring touchdowns left and right. So uh, the Lions are bad on defense and whichever, much like some of the again. other situations, much like some of the other running back situations, whoever ends up getting this backfield um, to themselves this week is going to have themselves a day. So, um yeah be, monitor the cardinals um throw one of them in to a daily lineup if you can and uh i think good things will follow so that is our show um i'm nick luciano you can follow me on twitter at nick g luciano
And I'm Elijah Motika. You can follow me on Twitter at Elijah Motika and be sure to follow our show as well at 25YLFF and rate and subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. Good luck in your fantasy playoffs. And uh, once again, thanks again for listening. Um, We will see you 25 yards later. Thank you for listening to 25 Yards Later, Sports Obsesses Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Ruminations Radio Network. Audio editing by Mitch Proctor and music by Elijah Motika.